0: of
1: the world the As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome to Brothers in Arms, brought to you by Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, with your hosts George Rose and Bill Marr. Stay tuned as George, Bill, and their guests discuss topics relevant to Catholic men living out their faith in today's challenging world. And now, here are the hosts of Brothers in Arms, George Rose and Bill Maher.
2: Good evening, my brothers. This is Bill Maher. I am here with George Rose, my co-host, my wonder twin partner. Activate. (laughs) Activate. (laughs) We're here on this Friday, June 5th. Uh, We're just hoping you guys are doing well amid the crises and craziness of the world we live in. Uh, As COVID uh, goes to the crickets... What? With the crickets what come was that? the killer bees, and with yeah. the killer bees come the riots, and it just seems like no matter how you cut it, there's a insanity brewing in the world. To so the tune of me turning off all the media, I want nothing to do with it at this point. It's
3: good advice, Billy. I think uh, the Rose household could, uh, could take, should take your advice. You know, it just
2: it just seems crazy out there. I mean, you know, I'm often in situations like this reminded of our mutual beloved friend Father Jeff Kegley, uh, his his message years ago where he said that bill we are a people of the gospel the gospel is good news mm. so i'm going to be in, i'm going to have good news right now we're going to talk about tough stuff but i'm I, and listen we got the gospel
3: yeah hallelujah is our we are we are the easter people and hallelujah is our song and right I, and
2: i'm looking at this little side table with two cups of the greenest green tea i've ever had before you know normally i have green tea and it's like kind of brown George brings in these green tea packets. It is bright. It's lime green. And I'm like, well, George, what's the deal with that?
3: It's like, well, Bill, it's from Japan. Straight from the land of the rising sun. <laughs> well, how about that? So there really
2: is a difference in green tea. I'm blown away.
3: Oh, it tastes different, too.
2: It, it does. It tastes actually good. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no bitterness. And, and we let that steep for like seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Normally, it gets really bitter. Yeah. So t- tell me about what's the science there?
3: Um, well, in, in Japan, there are how would I explain? I I don't, I'm not sure what the science is, but they've been obviously growing and making green tea for centuries. And there is as many varieties of green tea, uh, as say craft beers or something like that here, you know? So it's, and, and it's interesting when you go to buy tea, you know, what prefecture in Japan it's from, what company makes it, what families. Just families that have been doing it for centuries, generations. So they they really perfected it. It's it's considered the best green tea uh, in the world. I mean,
2: it it, it looks good, but it often it kind <laughs> of reminds me like the Raritan Bay, almost to the point where I wonder if Fukushima had anything to do with that color, because it's such a like, glowing green. Hey, I color. used to
3: live in Fukushima, Bill. I lived there for two years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Easy>. <laughs> didn't live in Chernobyl, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we're just so excited to have you guys here. Um, it's it's always great to come back and. And, and talk to everyone out there, um, it, it, it's one of the challenges that both George and I find with this radio program is the fact that we meet once a month, and like, the world and flips. And it's like a
3: year has passed. It's, it's
2: like a year. The <laughs> world flips over 50 times with news and craziness, and, and you know, it wasn't even last month, a month before, we're talking about COVID-19. Thank God, the statistics on that, the mortality rates have dropped to, 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 Near flu levels,
3: no deaths um, in New York City yesterday. Yeah, no first deaths. day, right? So,
2: you know, um, I just hope they open America, please. America, open up. This is uh, the, the cure, if you will, for COVID seems to be a heck of a lot worse than COVID. So, let's hope, let's pray for opening up America, and, and that you know those that are higher risk uh, can continue to guard themselves. But other than that, let's get back to business. We need it. Uh, you know, the killer bees, I, I saw a funny uh, thing on Facebook uh, where the killer bees were actually running away back to China. We're like, we're out of here. We don't want this. Oh, really? <laughs> That's well, you know, funny. they also someone, say
3: idle hands are the devil's handiwork, yeah, right? Someone, and someone
2: cut and pasted that and sent that to me in a text. I thought that was kind of funny. So uh, anyway, before we even move on to anything uh, uh, like news in next segment or the fact that we have an amazing guest, our good friend Deacon Harold Sivers. Deacon Harold
3: Burke Sivers, the, the, the dynamic fire. deacon. Yep, he's fire. awesome.
2: And so appropriate that he, him being an African-American uh, <clears throat> can really maybe uh, shed some, some unique perspective on this entire yeah. George Floyd yeah. situation. So I'm excited to actually hear his th- thoughts and so forth. But before we get to any of that, we have a saint, right? St. Barnabas, Saint right? of the
3: month. Yep. St. Barnabas. Um, so this was your suggestion, Billy. Thank you. Um, St. Barnabas was born in Cyprus. Um, not known when he was born, but most likely around the same time as that Jesus was born. Uh, he died around AD 62. His feast day is June 11th, so it will be uh, next week. And St. Barnabas is the patron saint of Cyprus, where he was born, also Antioch, where he was with St. Paul, the first, very first Christian community. Uh, and he is uh, also the saint you pray to against hailstorms. I'm not quite sure why, <laughs> but that's what I found. And he's also invoked as a peacemaker, mm. uh, which is very appropriate right now. Um, and St. Barnabas, he was, he was born to wealthy Jewish parents in Cyprus, Uh, And they sent him to Jerusalem to be educated. He studied at the school of Gamaliel, which is also where St. Paul studied. And he later became friends with uh, St. Paul and co-evangelist with St. Paul. Uh, His parents, because they were wealthy, he inherited a large estate from them. And he uh, sold it, and he gave the proceeds entirely to the early church, to the community, and most likely he was one of the uh early he probably heard Jesus uh giving his sermons you know sermon on the mount when he was speaking uh in Jerusalem and and around uh uh the holy land uh all all indications are that he probably heard him speak uh which which is uh uh pretty neat um and and he became so we have the original 12 uh apostles right the 12 sure. original disciples but remember then in acts Acts of the Apostles talks about the seventy-two yep. who were then sent out, and he was one of the seventy-two, and probably he's the most well-known. I would say outside of the twelve apostles, uh, he's probably like the thirteenth apostle. You know, he and Paul are like maybe yeah, like thirteen and fourteen. He's well-known. Both- he, well In
2: fact, there's an epistle attributed to him that was written anywhere from seventy to one hundred A.D. or so. Um, and in a lot of the old... Versions, what, do you
3: know what the Epistles
2: called? The Epistle of Barnabas. Okay. And uh, it was interesting because, you know, when you look at, like, the Codex Sinaiticus, which is one of the oldest printed uh, Septuagint uh, Bibles ever, you know, we're talking about, what, 3rd or 4th century A.D., we have it, and... The Epistle of St. Barnabas is in the end after the Oh, New you Testament. have that
3: Bible in your house? I don't have that. No, no, no. no, no. Oh. That
2: would be, I'm not sure what Oh, you uh, mean we have what, it like today? It's like it's in, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what museum it's in, but there's one of them. And it's really interesting because uh, at the end of the New Testament is the Epistle of St. Barnabas right before the shepherd Hermes, which was also. A very inspired book. So
3: it's before the canon
2: was. Uh, yeah, the canon. Decided. The first canon was, you know, canon of uh, Hippo three ninety five, and then Rome mm-hmm. four eleven, or whatever. But that's they were left out of the of the final choosing of the New Testament. But up until that canon was solidified in the in the fifth century, these were considered scriptures. So it's a legit letter. Well, it's it's um, worthy of reading, like a um, you think of it as like a good sermon from a good priest, but it's not. You know, it's not divinely inspired. We would look at it that way because it right. was left out of the canon. Well,
3: they also say that it's a possibility that he wrote a Letter to the Hebrews as well. Yeah. Uh, they don't know who yeah. wrote it, but he's one of you know. It could have been Saint Luke who wrote it, but uh, some scholars say it was Saint Barnabas. Yeah, so he's a, he was important, folks. Real very important, very important guy. And you know, he as I mentioned, he became friends with uh, with Paul when he was still Saul of Tarsus. Mm-hmm. And probably during that time when he had his three years of, uh, of study before he went out on his uh, on his missionary work, uh, and he actually introduced Paul to Peter to, to Saint Peter. so can you imagine wow. you're the guy that introduced Saint Paul to Saint Peter <laughs> He's the mortar between these two rocks of the faith. right and uh, he and Paul became they became what 's called the apostles of the Gentiles, so they they preached and evangelized to the Gentiles. Uh, they spent one year building up the community in Antioch, which, as I also mentioned, was the you know the, considered the first Christian community. That's where the word Christian is <clears was throat> first used. Yeah, correct. We've talked. In fact, we had uh, <clears throat> Ignatius of Antioch, the third bishop, was one of our saints not too long ago. That's right. Yep. Um, and an interesting, cause he was also uh, the cousin of Saint Mark. Uh, one oh, of those that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. One of the four of Antio- you know gospel writers that, that Mark. Uh, and story in um, uh, from the Acts of the Apostles, the miracle at Lystra, which I believe was in Greece, uh, when uh, Paul uh, commanded the uh, crippled man to get up and walk hmm. you know, and um, and then the, the locals thought that. That he and, that that Paul and Barnabas were gods, right? And they they said Barnabas is Zeus and Paul is Hermes. <laughs> <laughs> so Barnabas
2: is uh, Zeus is the man. So yeah, hey. yeah.
3: So Zeus must. I mean, Barnabas, Barnabas must have had a powerful Ooh, uh, pr- presence. A preacher uh,
2: who's like the Ambrose of his time, I
3: guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said that there was tradition that that Zeus and Hermes had had walked in that area as men back in who knows when. Um, and they thought it was the reincarnation or they had come down from, uh, you know, from from uh, their heaven. Like so, Elijah. In, uh, yeah. Uh, but but then, you know, they were totally distraught, the two of them. They said, no, no, we're just men. We've done this through the power of Jesus Christ. And you can read all about Barnabas in the Acts of the Apostles. He's uh, he's a remarkable guy. And he was also a guy, you know, apostle of the Gentiles. He was pretty uh, uh, vocal uh, about Peter. Remember when Peter would not eat with the Gentiles, when when. believe a bunch of the other apostles came and visited sure they weren't they weren't you know uh they haven't gone through the process of circumcision right right and they ate unclean foods and things like that and and before all the other jews and uh, jewish apostles had come uh peter was fine eating with them right but then once they came all all the other his friends the other jews saw him he peter kind of backed away from the gentiles and wouldn't eat with them and Barnabas said that, that is, he actually says in Acts of Apostles, that is very hypocritical. <laughs> yeah, no, he,
2: he, he's uh, uh, one of the great early
3: saints, Call, apostolic saints, for he sure. Called out the first pope. He did, he did. <laughs>
2: I, I have uh, in my library, the oh, gosh, how many volumes it is, uh, I have the Anti-Nicene Fathers, all their writings. Mm. And uh, this is where I was first introduced to Barnabas, outside of the scriptures. Uh, great series, um, anyone wanting to look into it. In fact, you can get all the anti-Nicene fathers, uh, post-Nicene and Nicene fathers online for free now on the web. All of the, all of the ancient writings uh, outside the scripture, uh, scriptures are available uh, at, at literally just clicking a few buttons. So mm. it's a
3: great resource that's out there. Great. Well, you know, it says in Acts of the Apostles that Barnabas was a man uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and faith, thereby large numbers were added to the Lord. So. Pretty simple description. We, sh- we could if, if we could all live up to that, that oh, would be great, wouldn't it,
2: Billy? You are not like Imagine if he had a radio show, MedjVid, YouTube, and
3: all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like Deacon Harold. He'd be casting us out of the, <laughs> <laughs> of the station.
2: You guys are not productive. Get out of here. Let me
3: take over. <laughs> well, I don't know if he had eight kids like you. Uh, I only have one. I'm not sure what my excuse is. But <laughs> uh, well, no, you're doing a lot.
2: Let me tell you, folks. I could have a radio show without George here and tell, tell you all about the amazing things he does that he will not tell you. <laughs> But uh, anyway, so we have to actually uh, move towards a break, and uh, when we get back, George, we're gonna go. Got a lot of news to to talk about, yeah. And then we have the most important part of our show. I think is this amazing man, our friend uh, Deacon Harold.
3: Saint
1: Barnabas, pray for us. Pray for us. This is Monsignor John Kozar, national director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. For missionaries serving among the poorest of the world's poor, prayer sustains, uplifts them, and gives them courage. Through their prayer and the prayer of others, they find the strength to continue, no matter the burdens. Many missionaries serving the victims of war and natural disaster have told me they felt our prayers of solidarity. As one priest in Sudan put it, knowing you are praying for us gives us hope. Never underestimate the power of your prayers it's a lesson from the missions brought to you by the pontifical mission societies to learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are visit our website at onefamilyinmission.org remember if you're baptized you're a missionary through prayer and sacrifice in word and witness we're all part of this one family in mission here is mother angelica speaking about catholic radio there's six billion people, and no, we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own, and I hope sincerely that people will support you, because we need Catholic radio, we need Catholic television, and if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that, because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word, we're bound by. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word.
2: Well, welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Maher. I'm here with George Rose. This is Brothers in Arms on this Friday, June 5th. And George and I, we just uh, really dissected in the last segment maybe um, the intricacies of green tea.
3: As, as, uh, I as thought you are going to say Acts of the Apostles. <laughs> yeah, we, we did that too with,
2: with our great Saint Barnabas. <laughs> but uh, again, I'm marveling at this green tea. I'm, I'm looking at this; it's this amazing lime green. I've never seen green tea lime green. i um, almost glowing. It's speaking to me right now as I'm <laughs> as I'm sadly coming to the end of this cup. Um, I'm blown away. So George has promised to, to get me some real green tea. So I if anything, out of this entire show, I got that. Yes, I got you some will good green tea. Coming. I have to deliver you a couple uh couple of pouches of it. <laughs> so, as I'm looking at, yeah, you know, we, we move on to our segment of. Uh, uh, news and and you know there's not much to talk about these days. I don't know. I, I well, there's right. like two
3: things to talk about:
2: uh, the coronavirus and now riots. Well, right? no, it's like I, the first thing that I saw was the fact that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is calling the president out. It's the first thing I'm looking at. Um, I, I'd say um, there's a lot going on. Yeah, you know, we talked about COVID for a lot, and thank God it has not come out to be what we thought it would be. Statistically, well, I, think,
3: I think we'll also find out in a couple of weeks, too, right? That it's going to be the, um, to me, uh, you know, one of the litmus tests after all these close gatherings in, in these major cities, right? If you're going to see any outbreaks or not, and yeah, and, 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 and the effects uh, are well, people.
2: Well, let's define what an outbreak is. Yeah. Uh, and this is not to belittle those that have suffered, because if you're at high risk, this certainly seems to be worse than the normal flu, right?
3: Oh, for sure it is. But uh, for the vast majority of the people, and you don't- the confounding thing about it, Billy, is uh, there was actually two Japanese baseball players um, yesterday or a couple days ago were announced that they, they tested positive for, for the Yomiuri Giants. So there's a shortstop for the Giants. His name's uh, Hayato Sakamoto. He's like the Derek Jeter of Japan. All-star, great player. Um, and, and they're playing preseason games right now, getting ready for their season to open on June 19th. So he and another guy, a catcher, tested positive both totally, totally asymptomatic. asymptomatic. No, no signs. Yeah, but then so, other people die horrific deaths. Right. Well, there's I, also, it's but bizarre, there, there's right?
2: Also, there's also some economics behind this, sadly, and then there's the fear element. I I, I I, I, don't like getting into this kind of stuff, but it just seems like that the media is just hyping up anything that's going to scare you or anything that's going to put you back. I mean, we, just, we had killer hornets was the last thing. Well, that dipped off because of the riots. It just, it just seems like there's always something to the tune of, I'm just pulling away from the media because I just want to actually be able to breathe every day and enjoy life. This is a gift, this life.
3: Yeah, I know. And Think back to when we were growing up, right? You had your 6 o'clock local news and you had your 6.30 uh, national news. And that was like, it. And that was it. And now, like 24 hours a day, multiple oh, channels. They are they have it. to create stories all day long, right, I mean, in order to get people to watch. And the
2: news in this station right now is I'm about <clears> to take the last sip of this amazing <laughs> green tea. And it's killing me. I'm, so, I'm, I'm moving around. I'm, I'm trying to look at it. And I'm looking over at George's cup. It's empty. He, I mean, see, he's so used to it. He just guzzles it down. It's gone. I'm looking at this and and here it is, folks. The last sip.
3: <laughs> Bill, you're like a, a fine wine oh, connoisseur. Gosh. It's delicious, folks. <laughs>
2: uh, so I don't mean to, to belittle the news and all that stuff, but we need to laugh a little bit and we need to enjoy life. Um, thank God. Uh, if you have not contracted this, or if you have contracted this, you have no symptoms, be thankful. Let's pray for those that are at higher risk. And I certainly recommend anyone who has multiple comorbidities or multiple sicknesses, be smart, be diligent, but please, Lord, let's get back to living our lives. Yeah,
3: we do at this point, you know, it's, uh, cause, cause the cure is, is going to be worse than the, than the sickness at this point. Well, right? we're at
2: unemployment levels <laughs> that are worse than the, the depression, right? And it's yeah. a self-imposed wound. So, and we, I'm sure
3: we, that's playing into what you're seeing going on in some of the cities now with the uh, looting and rioting well, right? yeah this...
2: well there's, well, there's also you know listen let's be honest the, this george floyd incident is a travesty of of, of this man was he, he was murdered
3: yeah um yep.
2: and and you know what i'm happy about is that justice seems to be served these policemen were, were arrested yeah and they moved the sentence to um the gentleman who committed the murder from third degree to second degree. Yeah. So it's being taken serious, right? <clears throat> yeah. That's what we need to take a step back, not riot. And then you look at these amazing protests that are that are being done peacefully. Sure. And, 90, and I
3: applaud, ninety 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 five. I them. that's American. And,
2: yep. That's American in 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 the, you know in the guidance of Martin Luther King, peaceful protests. Get your message out. here. like the like the Right for Life, like all the other peaceful protests that occur but then you have this element let's let's call it what it is it's like the rock comes up in an event and all the little bugs scurry this antifa and some of these other movements mm. running around they're capitalizing and then of course there's looting and so forth these no, they don't care about george floyd they care about an opportunity yeah and we need to also quell that yeah. so we need to be smart and uh, and my heart goes out to the to the family of, of this man um, no one regardless of past crimes committed and so forth no one deserves to be murdered on, on a street no, but justice seems to be getting done.
3: Yeah, so yeah, we just got to sit agree, back Billy. And,
2: and be smart about it. You know, we we um in a few minutes we're going to be blessed to have uh, Deacon Harold Sivers who who speaks so clearly on so many issues. Um, and I'm really uh, I'm am anxious to find out. You know, how how does he digest this? You know, mm-hmm. as a man that, you know, listen, I'm 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 a white dude, right? I I, I can say I understand racism, but I certainly haven't walked it. Yeah, and, so, but but
3: and you you're in you're in a mixed marriage, Billy. Your your wife no, is African American, sure. so you probably have a better understanding than most uh, white guys like me. You know,
2: I I, I don't really see it. I mean, I, I've never. You don't even feel like you're in a mixed I, I know, marriage, right? No, know. never. <laughs> or, never I, you know, yeah. it's funny how that how that goes down. You, you know, it's funny
3: because when we were talking yesterday about Deacon Harold, and you mentioned to me that he's in a mixed marriage. His what his wife is white. I didn't even it didn't even occur to me till after we got off the phone later on that. So are you. (laughs) It's not something
2: that you ever think about. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, just so natural.
3: Personally, that's one of the great things about our faith.
2: Yeah. You know, how do I identify myself? Well, I'm a Catholic man. I I, I don't you know. Do I like my Irish heritage? Oh, yeah. But I I mean, that's not my that's not who I am. You know, having a nice clotter ring or going to Ireland now if I've gone a couple of times. I love that. but that's not who I am. I'm a, I'm a Catholic man and I'm a struggling man trying to be a better man. And Jesus Christ is my destination. And, and I think that, you know, so many of us identify as Christians or Catholics. I think that we need to reassess what are, what are we marching about? What are we upset about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it, is it the dignity of human life? Mm -hmm. I mean, if if it's the dignity of human life, then yes. Mm -hmm. But if it's some sort of political agenda, we got to check that.
3: Yeah. And, um, I that I I that's got to live in the solution that. right and and you know the stuff that we see going on in in the cities outside of the pro- peaceful protests is is not living in the solution it's it's part of the problem and it seems to me like you know the devil's having a field day right now, right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, it's uh, the deception in in so many people's eyes in front of their. It's like there's uh, scales in front of their eyes. No, it is. Right? It's very apocalyptic.
2: Whether whether we're living in those days or not, it's very apocalyptic. Uh, with it,
3: just, I. It's funny because I hear yeah, you something hear, new. You hear a lot of people saying that. Uh, right, Bill, about this apocalyptic feeling right now. And I don't know, I wonder, you know, you look back to 1968 and the race riots back there, read about that a little bit, 125 cities across the country after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, No, no doubt about it. I mean, look, look,
2: epics like the fall of Rome, what what that must, like the transformational event to everyone who lived in that time. So we've definitely, the history, we've gone through amazing times. What's different is, it just seems like it's everywhere. It's uh, the world is unified. Yeah. So you hear about everything. That's part of it. You hear about everything, right? Yeah. It seems like the weather is erupting. Is the, the 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 planet is erupting? I mean, every Plagues level. Plagues of locusts pl- in Africa. A- literally. And
3: literally <laughs> earthquakes. Everywhere you go. <laughs>
2: so is that a product of the fact that we're aware of everything because of the media and the world is so small in and yeah. information-wise, yeah. or is it, or is it a sign? I don't know.
3: You know, time will tell. We're I mean, going to find out. Because <laughs> well, I mean, Jesus said you won't know the, the day or the hour. So I yeah. mean, you got to well, trust him on that. Well, Billy, something I wanted to bring up. Uh, we mentioned it last uh, last month was, um, you know, we talked about some movies and, and shows for people to watch is uh, is the, the Chosen. The Chosen. movie about, right? The, I did not see it. You haven't seen it. I actually did watch it since uh, last uh, month. Folks,
2: George excoriated <laughs> me. In the back room for not seeing this, by life. excoriated. He, he gave me a look of like you, heathen, you, <laughs> pagan. <laughs> right, right. Get he behind put, me, right Satan. Right when he put
3: something in that green tea, I, I know what he
2: put in there. <laughs> so tell us about Chosen, because George, you did see it.
3: I did see it, and again, this was the. Um, it's the largest crowd-funded uh, media project in history. They raised over uh, ten million dollars uh, through crowdfunding. And it's, uh, the planet. it's going to be eight seasons. Uh, and I believe in this, uh, first season, I think there were eight episodes and it's about the life of Jesus. And <clears throat> as it's seen from, uh, the perspective of the people that, um, you know, f- that followed him. Any, right?
2: any particular stars, do they focus on any particular people or is it?
3: Everyone? All of them. Well, the, the first season, I would say they focus on all of the, the first disciples and his calling them, uh. Uh, to become his disciples. You know, Peter's focused on a lot. Peter and and his brother Andrew are focused on a lot. Mary Magdalene. Those are two saints I love, uh, Peter and Mary Magdalene, because they both have screwed up so much that they're kind of a model. Yeah, And, and Matthew, the tax collector. Uh, it's oh, really okay. interesting. Cause you get a, really get a sense of, you always hear about like the tax collector and to us, it's like, okay, so he was no, a tax collector, but my goodness, hated, him, hated a tax oh, collector. Well, you then. get a sense of what a, what a traitor, uh, he was, sure. you know, and, and he was not well accepted by, uh, Peter or the others when Jesus first called them, you know, it,
2: it would be like an IRS agent on steroids.
3: Yeah, you know, even, worse, even worse. Yeah, it's almost like you can't compare it. It would be like being occupied by Nazi Germany and one of the and one of your people was became a spot started working for the Nazis. Sure. That's more what it was like. Door. Yes. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's there, more like that, you, you know. Um, but anyway, if you get a chance, watch this. This The, the Chosen. No, uh, tell where, where, right could, where could you watch it? Uh, if you have the Roku channel, you can find. Just do a search on it; you'll find it there. You, what channel? The Roku channel, the Roku box. You can find it there. Where else? Um, it's on the on the internet. Just you can also just you know hook your computer up to a big TV screen and you can watch it there. It's free. Oh, it's free. Uh, the oh, first okay. season. So, okay, there we yeah. go, folks. And they ask for you know and when you are done, if you want to give a donation, we we did uh, to help season two be produced. So they're raising money for season two, and I think they're more than halfway there. So each season costs ten million dollars. To produce, and they've I think raised about close to six million for uh, season number two, and this is being funded by I think season one was was funded by like sixteen thousand people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I am t- writing in my calendar
2: to watch the chosen, so I'm officially doing it. I, I excellent. I, all those of you that are not driving, why don't you do the same thing? Put in your little calendars
3: to watch the chosen. Let's watch it together. Yeah, stuff you George. can binge watch or spread it over. Uh, a week or two, and you know it's 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 good. Absolutely, it's a,
2: a great weekend for this weekend. So anyway, yep. guys, the chosen. Uh, we're going to be back in just uh, two minutes or so, and we are going to have our good friend uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers,
3: the dynamic Deacon. Bam.
1: It started like it does for many people, I question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would you know Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have uh, the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life, were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for for the future. I'm on God's team.
3: I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing
1: that can separate me from God's love.
2: Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today.
1: We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today?
4: Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze that lasted forever. Great kiss. Those things are really important.
3: (laughs) She got a really short haircut that she hated and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair.
2: What have I done for my marriage today? we've actually organized a date night tonight. What have I done for my marriage today?
1: Wow, that is a great question.
2: Uh, I took the baby while she worked.
1: I got up with the baby while he slept.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Today, I
3: sent an email to my husband, and I said, you rock. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey.
1: I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to ForYourMarriage.org, a message from the Catholic Communication Campaign.
2: Well, good evening, my brothers. This is Bill Maher. I'm back with George Rose, and this is Brothers in Arms, and we are thoroughly blessed to have an old friend to Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, our brother on the West Coast, Deacon Sivers. How are you, brother?
4: I'm um, doing well. How's uh, things back in my home state of Jersey? That's right. So you're
2: you're you're a kind of a, a Newark uh, lad, are you not? Newark uh, Orange guy?
4: That's right. That's right. Yeah, we. Uh... Well, yeah, I grew up in Hillside, but I but I I went to St. Benedict's Prep in Newark, you know and that... was uh, in the monastery there at Newark Abbey, and then moved to Orange actually after my uh, parents' divorce.
2: I yep. I knew that there was an oranges in there as well and St. Benedict's is making a run you know they they kind of went out for a while and and your alma mater is making a big run I mean especially when it comes to uh, hoops and soccer and 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 sports like that
4: Yeah that started uh actually during my era the soccer piece because we had Tab Tab Ramos who ended up on the US yep. national team oh, sure. and um in the Olympics and all that too so they that, yeah, that, that that all started Back in the uh, in the eighties, in the early eighties,
0: so wow, wow,
4: yeah, they're, they're doing well, and academically too, they're sending kids to uh, you know the Ivy League schools, and you know, I went to Notre Dame from St. Benedict's, and yep. you know they're doing uh, tremendous work for the uh, the young men, and and now they, they have the, uh, they, they've taken over the um, elementary school as well, so they have an elementary school division, and and may, people may not know this, uh, they're going to be um, uh, adding a, a girls' division in the fall. Oh, wow! You know, Benedictine Academy is closing, mm. and so some of the girls are going to be—and uh, they're not mixing the boys and the girls. The girls are going to be separate, but the, there's some girls that wanted to have education in the Benedictine tradition, and so St. Benedict's going to be accommodating them.
3: Wow. That's really cool. But hey, Deacon, this is George Rose. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to be on with us uh, this evening. We really appreciate it. And um, just to give our our listeners, our guys here in in uh, Jersey, a reminder, you 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 spoke for us about six years ago, I think it was at our conference, and I think you were the highest rated speaker we ever had. I mean, everybody loved you. You got you. You. You to come back, please. Yeah, and,
4: <laughs> and and well, as soon as all the social distancing stuff stops, i would be happy to. <laughs>
3: yeah, and I think you were you were kind of at the beginning of. Um, you know, your, your, your speaking career, I think, you know, maybe your first year or so, I believe, back then. And boy, I looked at your website yesterday and you are. Bam. I, well, I can't keep up with you. So you, and I've been listening to you for a while now on, on the Morning Glory uh, show in the morning, which is 7 a.m. on the East Coast here with you and Gloria Purvis and Monsignor Charles Pope. And you guys are awesome. Um, also you have a weekly broadcast called living stones on modern day radio. You also have the sons of thunder podcast for all the blaze. So you're, you're not only the dynamic deacon, you're also a son of thunder. Uh, and then you also have Walk by faith Wednesday webinars, which is a bi weekly hour of Catholic catechesis and teaching. Uh, you created a show called, um, a Daily Dose of Deacon Harold, which is a 30-minute weekday time of prayer and reflection. And you've written a whole bunch of books, uh, four or five books, I believe. And, and the most recent one, I think, being Father Augustus Tolton, uh, the slave who became the first African-American priest. So you are like out there and preaching the good news. <laughs> it's awesome to see.
4: Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to represent Jersey, man. You know, <laughs> but, you're but re- no, redeeming um, you New know, Jersey. I've always, I've always had a very strong work ethic, <clears throat> um, and um, and so I think uh, what what's happening is just um, uh, just a reflection of, of the nature of how I work. And you know, the, the thing is, the interesting thing about the daily dose uh, of Deacon Harold and the weekly webinar. You know, ever since this whole COVID-19 pandemic thing started, obviously my schedule has been shut down. Mm. So all my international trips this year have been canceled. Uh, all my speaking engagements through uh, August have been canceled. And, you know, so I said, well, how do I stay connected? I just can't sit here and twiddle my thumbs, mm. you know. I am writing a couple of more books and stuff like that, too, but I can't do that all day. So I said, how do I stay connected to people? Especially mm. Back then, you know, you couldn't go to mass and all that. So I said, well, how about this? How about I do like a little daily thing, and then, uh, you know, and I was going to give some talks, and when I take those talks and turn them into like a little weekly thing, and 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 that's where that really came from. And um, boy, and I did not anticipate uh, as many people would be um, uh, would enjoy it as much as they <laughs> as they have. So, mm. so even when uh, I start going back on the road again. You know, it's something I'm going to find a way to continue to 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 do that.
3: I'm sure you've been picking up a lot of people uh, during this this quarantine lockdown time uh, with everything that you're doing, making them feel connected, you know. So thank you for that. And I can't imagine what time do you get up in the morning, because I know the show you're in Portland, Oregon, right? And the show here is 7 a.m. So you got to be getting up at least at 3 a.m., I would imagine.
4: Yeah, I get up about 3:15. Okay. And uh, cuz we got we do show prep before. Right, right. You know, so uh yeah, so we're <laughs> So it's a yeah, it's a, it's an early call, man, and and uh, you know the, the truth be told, I am not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely penance, but I think I get a few years taken off purgatory every time I get up and do the show. So, wow. <laughs> so I'm good with that.
2: Wow,
3: I'm sure God has plans with that, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, he'll make exactly. you a morning person.
3: <laughs> yeah, i getting up at three fifteen a.m. I don't consider that being a morning person. That's like just you know. Uh, torture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly hilarious. Right. Have, you, have you ever done any <laughs> overnighters? Have you ever
2: just non-gone to bed?
4: <laughs> uh, no, I got to get some sleep as I get older. You know, when I was young, yeah, you know, in college, you know, I can pull a couple all-nighters like that. Not now. Yeah. I'm <laughs> in my 50s now. I need to get some sleep. <clears throat> although, you know, although, having said that, I still don't need that much sleep to function. Um, I, I sleep about maybe four or five hours a night. Oh, you're lucky, and yeah, um, so I, I definitely have to get some sleep. I just don't need that much to be able to function. Mm. And I'm sure that's going to change as, <laughs> as I get as I get older. But uh, but for right now, you know, it's uh, I, again. I think it's part of that work. As I get up, I do. I pray my office every day, rosary, chaplet. I mean, I got a lot of things going on through the day, and uh, you know, find time to, to fit it all in.
3: That's great.
4: So I sacrificed some sleep, but that's okay.
3: That's great. Well, Deacon, you know, we're we're so glad you're with us today. And and one of the things we wanted to talk to you a a bit about is, you know, everything that's going on with the George Floyd situation right now. Uh, And Bill and I talked about a little bit in the previous uh, segment. And, you know, we're both uh, white guys here in New Jersey. And uh, you're an African-American guy from New Jersey who grew up near Newark. And we really wanted to get— you know your perspective uh, on on everything that's going on, which is not a perspective that we have, um, and and we're hoping that you could just speak a little bit about maybe, maybe first the situation. You know, uh, we look everybody looked at that video of that police officer, and I think everybody in the country was horrified uh, by it. And I'm I'm curious, you as a you know you're living in the solution. You're a deacon in a church. You're Catholic. Um, you live in a place in Portland, Oregon now, which I would uh, imagine, is a, is a pretty nice place to live. But even growing up here in New Jersey, what was your experience with with, with racism, if you could speak to that a little bit?
4: Well, I, I'd say a couple of things. Uh, well, first of all, people may not know that before I started speaking and writing for, uh, full-time, I had a 23-year career in law enforcement mm, and, and mm. public safety. In fact, from 2002 to 2008, I served in a governor-appointed position here in the state of Oregon. It's called the Department of Public Safety Standards and Training.
0: Mm. It's
4: the agency that oversees the training of all police officers
0: mm.
4: and firemen, parole, probation, corrections officers for the entire state. And I chaired that board the last my last year from 2007 to 2008. It's a governor-appointed position. Mm. So I'm intimately mm. familiar with the training mm. of police officers. And I myself have had to and uh, in, in, in fighting with people com, uh, people who were combative to use certain techniques to mm. control and restrain the person mm-hmm. until they were secured mm-hmm. um and i'm i guarantee you there is no agency anywhere that teaches you put your knee on someone's neck mm. there you go um that is not what officers are trained to do and if the officers the other officers around it did nothing while that was going on yeah so th- there's something deeper Going on there, and just the improper use of a tech. In fact, you can't even say it was an improper use of a technique because that is not a technique. That's it's not taught. even
3: a technique. Yeah, right. right.
4: Yeah. So, so that, that has nothing to do. With it. And then, and then we see. So that's a. There's a piece of it there. And then you look at some of the, the other cases that was going on, like the young the young woman uh, who was killed in her house with, with a note. They had a no knock warrant. Right. They went in. Did, they were in the wrong house? Didn't announce themselves. The, the the her boyfriend thought, oh, someone's breaking into our house, and so he. You know, um, uh, started firing because he thought people were breaking in. Yep. and so and then his government was killed.
3: I think that was in you Washing- know, uh, Washington. Uh, yeah, I mean, right? so you yeah. see
4: these things happening, and uh, um, and you see these happening to to uh, it's particularly in the African American community. So you got to ask yourself, what is going on here? Mm. But it's not just the police thing. I mean, there's deeper things going on in our in our country here with regard to race mm. and race relations and the way we and the way we see each other. Or even maybe even better said the way we don't see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so I, I think this whole thing with with Mr. Floyd is a, is a, uh, a firestorm because we've seen a lot of these things happen, but now for some reason, this, this particular one, because it was filmed and because of the way that it happened really sparked um, uh, the, 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 uh, the passions uh, and the emotions of a lot of people. Now,
3: yeah, it's, it's I think the, straw the demonstrations that and stuff have been
4: back. have been good. I mean, I think mm-hmm. when people demonstrate and they and they march and they make speeches, that's and and you know our voices need to be heard. That's important, mm-hmm. but that's different than all the looting, and the vandalism, and the destruction of property that has been going on. Mm-hmm. That that is just <clears throat> sin. That yeah. is sinful. You have to call it for what it is. There you know you that is yeah. not honoring the memory of George, George Floyd or any of the other people who have been affected by this. And um, it uh, it also does not help to bring long-term solutions to what's going on.
3: Mm. Wow, so well said, Deacon. Yeah,
2: you know, um, it's funny because I live in the suburbs, and um, I've been in a marriage to a woman that's African-American 25 years. I have eight children. We have eight children. And at least where I live, I I don't see it. I really don't. I mean, I, I never have that concern when we're in public. I mean Deacon you were at the dinner with myself and and, and my wife and, and my brother father Tom I don't see it now that doesn't mean that in certain quarters you know if you go into the city and stuff like that you you could potentially see it and I'm certainly not you know a black man where I, I you know I might see Snycom comment I don't I, I, I just don't see it um and that's why I think that this this interview is so important because even even me where I'm intimately close to it it's not something that I typically see. I don't see racism, mm. and and that doesn't mean it's not there. Mm. Um, so we need to be conscious Well, see, here, here's
4: of that. the thing. You know, because back in the day, there was slavery, then there were the Jim Crow laws. and all that. So it was very overt, mm. very public. In mm. fact, it was written into the law, mm. you know, the separation of, of the races. But we don't have those laws anymore. So some people fool themselves into thinking, "Oh, look, the laws have changed, and now we have civil rights, and now we have affirmative action, now we have all this stuff. Things are better." Uh, no, it just went from the surface. It mm. went it went uh, uh, underneath the surface now. Mm. Um, but it's still it's still there. <laughs> mm, right. It's still there. Um, the, the, I think the problem stems from this. Uh, you know, um, now we gotta understand what racism is, right? So, so prejudice is having uh, a misconception or uh, uh, about someone that's not based to any. We gotta distinguish prejudice or racism. So, prejudice is a, a misconception that that, uh, that someone has about another person that's not based to any fact. So, for example, when I when I first got to move to Oregon, so, oh, where are you from? I'm from Jersey. Oh, we're in New Jersey, Newark. Oh, gosh, you, you must have been poor.
1: Well, 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 well,
4: well, hold on. Wait a minute. What do you mean I'm a third poor? You know, again, they're making that assumption. Oh, just because you're from Newark, therefore you must be poor. That's prejudice.
0: Mm.
4: You know, uh, or, or when I went to Notre Dame, so they said, oh, you went to Notre Dame. What position did you play? It's <laughs> the first thing I've because I'm a big, I'm a big black shit. guy.
0: Right. Yeah. So they right.
4: say, oh, you must have played football. No, it's, it, it, I didn't play. I got an academic scholarship. So they, didn't, they don't ask, oh, what did you study? The first thing out of my mouth, see, that's prejudice. Mm. Racism is when you take those prejudicial types of, of thinking and attitudes, and now you add to that that my race is superior than yours. So right. I'm 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 uh, uh, I'm being prejudiced, and I have these uh, these um, stereotypes because my race is superior to yours. That that's the the, the, the difference there. And so it's just this is, is kind of uh, underneath and in, 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 the, in the surface. And I think a lot of these are, are portrayed because of television, mm. because of movies. Uh, if you think back uh, how, how certain um, groups of uh, African-Americans and Asians and as such are portrayed in, in these movies, you know, oh, it's not real. You know, it, it, it's just a fake. But when you, you know, uh, when you when you take that, you see that you imbibe it. Mm. You know, it becomes part of your psyche in a sense. Like Mm. when I was growing up, you know, uh, a lot of the movies that featured um, black people were um – uh, maids and butlers and slaves and things like that until, like, Good Times. Uh, remember that show? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, yeah. Know, Remember Good Times? Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, rerun. Evan's family that lived in the projects in Chicago. Rog, Raj, uh, Raj. They were poor, <laughs> but, you know, they had a lot of things that happened to their family, but the thing is they stayed together.
0: Yeah, yeah. That
4: was the thing that really struck me. No matter what happened, all the turmoil in their lives and their family, they stayed together. Yeah, and then you had the true. Cosby family, and A's, you had a, a doctor... Uh, and his wife is an attorney and mm. they lived in a nice neighborhood, a nice house. And, and even in our day now, we have um, Black Panther, one of the highest grossing Marvel movies
0: mm. uh,
4: where where the main character, the superhero and, and uh, all the supporting guys were black. Mm-hmm. were Africans. You know, it was awesome to see that. So so I think for, for me, you know, um, we, we have to move away from these these stereotypical ways of thinking and start to see. A person made in God's image and likeness standing in front of us, and and not a a stereotype.
2: I think. I think um, from my perspective, from being in the situation I've been in so many years, I think once you get to know people, that starts falling down. Um, That's what. Yeah, that's so true. And where integration um, is present. And you really get to know human being. You yeah. realize there's there's no difference. I mean, we're all. Yeah. I mean, listen. We have different cultural. Like, hey, listen. Uh, you know, you can have uh, an inspired dish that has collards, and I can have an inspired dish that has fifty ways to make a baked potato. But I mean, those are rich uh, things that we can draw from each other. But deep down in the heart, in the heart of every human being, there's a soul. Uh, you know, ain't you no know, kids forgot. know
4: that if you ever see kids playing together, uh, little kids. Black, white, Asian, they don't care no, they about. They just kids having fun. Yeah, exactly. you know, and yep. and uh, it's so wonderful to see that. But so that tells you then that racism is learned.
0: Mm.
4: It's learned, mm. uh, and so over time you start to form these concepts, and it's maybe even off as a, as a joke, you know, like an innocent joke, a racial joke, or things like that. But then you start again. The, the more you expose yourself to that, uh, the more it comes kind of ingrained. But you said once you get to know someone, I think that's part of the solution to this. We don't really get to know people anymore. I think social, I mean, as as well connected as we are through through social media and modern forms of communication, I think in a way they've also isolated us. we, We no longer have that. For example, I meet young people all the time. I shake their hand. They don't know how to shake your hand. They, can't, they don't look you in the eye yeah. when when they're addressing you. They they man, they they've lost these communication skills and getting to know people. So people know each other through texting. Yeah, I remember I was preparing a, a couple for marriage, and um, I was asking them, okay, how do you guys like fight? Like when you guys argue, what, how does that what does that look like? Well, we text each other. <laughs> okay, so the initial thing you get through the text, but when you're together. What does that look Do you yell? Do you scream? Do you try to work it out? Oh, no, we just text each other. I'm I like, know, it's what? crazy. It's such a different <laughs> you know? world. I mean, so, so, so we're not communicating, getting to know each other, because we're relying so much on the technology that, that we're not really getting to know. And, and it's, it's beautiful, because the word um, in Hebrew, in, in, in the Scriptures, to know, like uh, Adam knew his wife Eve in Genesis chapter 4, it's Yaudah in Hebrew. That's knowledge that's gained by experience, mm. you have to experience something or someone in order to know that thing, mm. but we're not experiencing each other yeah. we're 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 keeping social distance we're we're keeping our distance from people and just communicating through these media and we're not really getting to know someone we're not loving at a very deep level we're only loving at a surface level, and until we can break past that barrier. Um, I think we're going to continue to, to see the problems that we're we're seeing today. That's a great point.
3: Yeah, and, and uh, both of you guys are talking about you know getting to know each other, integration, these kind of things. I'm, and, I'm
4: married. I'm married you know. to a woman who's uh, Irish and German, so I'm an in interracial uh, marriage uh, myself. Uh, that's too. me. I feel for you, that's Deacon. That's me right
3: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and Bill are living parallel lives, but opposite you're, you're <laughs> opposite genders, I guess. But. uh you know, we live right, we're in the diocese of Trenton. Trenton's right across the river from where I live. And it's kind of been on my heart lately that, you know, I look over to Trenton and it's the poverty over there is unbelievable, you know, and, and the, uh, and particularly the black community there is the fatherlessness, the lack of fatherhood. Uh, you know, I think over 70% of, uh, African-American kids are born out of wedlock there in the the, the the drug rates and all these things. I mean, really, to me and Bill, we've been talking about this. Fathers. The biggest problem in the in the United States right now, white or black, is is lack of fatherhood. You know, men are either you know they're not present as fathers because they're working all the time. They're not leading their family spiritually. They're not the priest in the domestic church. And you if look they're at, there, that's what I mean. If they're there, and then you look at you, you know, in like the inner city, um, the fathers just oftentimes single mom raising. Uh, you know raising kids on our own and and i I only have one kid and I know it takes me and my wife to do it properly i can't ima- you know and, and without that discipline and guidance that you get from a father uh it's so difficult but you know and and we and that don't live in the inner city i think need to reach out more to like it says in the bible take care of the widows and the orphans right and there's a lot of orphans uh, or effectively they're orphans in, in a place like, like Trenton and any other inner city that you go to. Uh, and, and I think that we could make, you know, it's on my heart to start trying to do more, you know, that preferential option for the poor uh, that we have always had in the Catholic Church. We need to to, to, to do more, it, yeah. exercise it more as yeah. Catholics, you know? What are your thoughts there?
4: Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think there's some external and internal factors mm. with regard to the fatherlessness issue. Uh, I think part of it is during the time of uh, slavery, you know, they, the families were separated. Mm. So on the auction block, you know, they, they it didn't matter because they weren't considered human beings. Mm. Um, and, and so they would separate the families. So, you know, one slave owner would get a husband and one would get the wife, another would get the kids. And during that post-bellum era after uh, the Civil War— there were many families that tried to reunite. They tried to find their their wife and, and find their kids and try to reunite the family. Mm. Mm. And um, and and over and over time, we've we've lost in our in our our, our African American community, we've lost that desire for the family. Mm. You know, that's why I mean, my my parents are divorced. I had a tumultuous marriage. And that's why shows like I said, mentioned "Good Times" was mm. inspirational to me, mm. because all the hardships that they went through, the, the fact that they stayed together no matter what. It's mm. so how we've lost that, and and some of it, yes, is, is due to um, uh, the poverty and the joblessness. We've even seen this in the time of um, Father Augustus Tolton, the slave who became the first African American priest. He saw mm. this this same kind of thing in in uh, in Chicago, in mm. Quincy, Illinois. And in Chicago, where he served as a priest, and we're seeing some of these same things today. So some of it are the results, the residual results of of slavery and, and Jim Crow and all that. But the other piece of it is, you know, um, you're not define your your circumstances don't define who you are. Y- your past may form and shape you into the person you are today, but your past does not determine your future. Mm.
0: Yeah,
4: you know, we have to understand. That we, and we, we, can't, we can't look like the culture that's hit it and quitted and all this garbage that we see in the culture today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and plus, we lost the meaning of, of manhood. For example, um, if you just ask a young man, what difference do you make in a home? For example, you, you have a mother and a father, and you have to ask, what difference does that father make in a home? Because we're saying marriage can be whatever you want. It can be two men, could can be two women, it can be whatever. But, uh, but what difference does a man make in the home? Besides just bringing in money, it may, you know, an ATM could do that. But what what difference? What gifts? What specific gifts does a man bring in into a marriage, into a family? Um, and until we're able to really answer that and address that, mm. and understand that, you know, if if we're gonna you know, talk about African Americans, we have to look at our African values. Africans don't kill their own children in abortion. But yet, um, the, the, the in fact, more children uh, are aborted in New York City than are uh, black children are killed in New York City through abortion. Than are born alive. That's mm. going to be. And, the, and so that's going to have to and, and, be. We're doing some of this to ourselves.
3: Okay. Hey, So Deacon. until we
4: really go back and look at our, you know, we want to look at our African roots and really live from our faith, because you know, Africans and African Americans always have a deep, rich faith. Yeah. Until we really start living from that again, and really start living biblical values. We're going to continue to see these problems in our in our neighborhoods and in
2: our families. Deacon, De- that's going to have to be the message that takes us off the air, because we just ran out of time. Yeah, we
3: got to have you on it, next month. Yeah, yes, I feel I like feel like we could talk <laughs> for, you know, another hour. Maybe, maybe we'll have you on again next month, if that's okay.
2: <laughs> All right, sounds good. Listen, my brother, God bless you. God bless your ministries. Maybe next time we'll talk about what you got planned in the future. Guys, drive safe out there. Be safe. We love you. We'll see you in a month.